Okay, guys, welcome back to episode, what is this? I think this is going to be 23. All right, so episode 23 um, of the BJJ 101 Storm Podcast. We have, again, another awesome guest as Johnny B-Bad or Johnny Nelson. Hello, sir. So it's awesome to have you on. Um, look, we always, like, we, we know each other through jiu-jitsu. Mm-hmm. Um, you're a purple belt yep. in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Yep. You've been for a while. you trained for a long time. <laughs> uh, you started with Eduardo, I think. That's correct? Yeah. No. Pre-Ed, bro. Okay, pre-Ed. Yeah, so. I was lucky to come across Ed. Yeah. I was just driving over trying to think about it. I don't know if you know this, Ed, but I started one week after you left that other school. Here? That and you way. opened up the last club. Okay. So I missed you by one week. I see. I see. Yeah. I see. Or I ne- never knew of you. I, to be very honest, I actually went there thinking I was coming to train with you. I see. And then I um, don't need Different to talk story. too much about that place, but... Um, <laughs> we, we, you know we, what I mean? We yeah, talked about this place before with Brandon. Uh, yeah. And, stuff and like, I yeah. just rock up and I kind of assumed it was because all the photos were yeah. big and whatnot. And there was uh, somebody else there. Who was there? Yeah, just another dude was there. And it was like, oh, it was me and another guy. And then we started training with that guy and they went through a few coaches. And I was lucky enough, I met two cool coaches one, Edward, Eddie, Eddie Leedy. He was a brown belt at the time. And he, he trained there for a bit. There was a small Brazilian guy yeah. that apparently was good and he went to teach in Abu Dhabi as well. Yeah, that was Felipe. Felipe, yes. yeah. So I went to then. So then he came in. <clears throat> he got fucking shafted by those guys as well. Yeah. Um, so well, got, yeah, that place was... Oh, man. We the, don't, yeah, <laughs> we, we, anyway, yeah, but, but because of that experience, I'm very grateful I got to meet those, yeah. Eddie and, and Felipe. And I still talk online to those guys no, to this man. day. Awesome. And yeah, Felipe went on to Abu Dhabi, um, coach... The presidential guard, yeah, yeah, yeah something that, crazy yeah. like that, yes. and then did the kids and stuff like that. Now he's in US trying to set himself up with nice. his own club, and nice. and Eddie's the same. I think he's in like New York or something oh, wow. as a black belt. Yeah, and both have traveled the world and stuff. But yeah, I always think oh, it would have been good to have met you then. I would have just started that journey then. But also, I got to meet those oh, two amazing exactly, guys. Exactly, and two different jujitsu yeah. styles. And I did. We trained a little bit. There was this. Uh, <laughs> Crazy, like, Mexican kind of guy. He was there for, like, five minutes, not long at all, but he was a beast. Mm. He was cool. I can't remember his name, but he was fun. But that's how we're – Dr. Paul started. I started yeah. over there. We used to go there all the time. And then when that when Felipe left, it was like, oh, yeah, these guys are down the road. Then out. I put two and two a few years later that right. I'd missed you by one week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Interesting introduction. So, Johnny, we always try to, like um, – start with like a fairly generic pretty open question i just i always try to like we know who you are but mm-hmm. nobody else like mm-hmm. a, lot, a lot of the people not listening might not or whatever so start to talk about like your childhood your life and everything but also like where you were kind of like introduced to martial arts um martial arts so where did you where did you grow up i uh, just grew up in brisbane yeah been there so full time born and bred here in brisbane born and bred in brisbane yeah. martyr hospital i'm pretty certain yeah um just live with mum there was no where'd martial go, arts. Where'd you go to school? Cannon Hill College, so just local school. Yeah. Went to the local primary school in Cannon Hill, same school that my mum and her, my uncles and aunties went to. My nana lived around the back. Yeah. Like, pretty classic, small little close family, yeah. which was super cute. Um, Were you playing, did you play any other like sports? Man, I played some basketball. Okay. Like, I played a little bit of rugby league as a real young kid. Yeah. Broke my arm and that kind of just stalled that direction. Traum- traumatised that area. Well, not even, no. to be honest, it's I think swimming was that was footy season was out and then swimming was available. So yeah. I started swimming because yeah. you're just a kid, you just want to do something. Yeah. And then I did that, didn't go back to league, swam for a while. I was no good at it, but I enjoyed being in the water. So that was cool. And then come across basketball somehow and played that right through to the end of high school. Okay. Um, no real access to martial arts or real <laughs> sort of exposure to it then yet. Yeah. Um, so, but what made you, Johnny, what made you um, go, oh, I'm going to check it out, uh, this jiu-jitsu place? Like, what actually, what was the turning point for that? Man, I just like the idea of, I guess, probably like most young adults learning to fight. Yeah. But did you see a UFC? Or... Man, not even, I didn't even know what a UFC was. That, that was not even the, the uh-huh. desire to do that. I remember I did um, some Muay Thai or we could call it just kicking box, kicking pads for fitness. But yeah, yeah. my 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 mate was uh, ex Australian amateur champ. Yeah, 
and his blog. How, how old were you when this stuff was happening? Mid-20s? Like, Mid-20s, yeah. Right. So this is the first time you've been exposed yeah, to martial arts? Yeah, first time was, so, yeah, Muay Thai yeah. or punching and kicking pads and feeling yeah. good about myself because he yeah. was telling me how good I was doing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then we used to have team sparring sessions on the on the back patio. Me, Dr. Paul was yeah. the other one. Mm-hmm. And he just, our coach would put us in big 16-ounce pillows and yeah, just yeah. wear a mouth guard and let each, each other, other smash each other. Yeah. We're all useless. Yeah. And then he would let us go against him and he would just bob and weave and occasionally let us hit him. Yeah. Um, so that was probably my first exposure to a martial, a martial art. And then through that, I don't know how I come across jits. I think I just Googled it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the first time I found it, I saw the what I thought was pajamas. Mm. And I was like, it's weird. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not what I thought. I don't want to do that. <laughs> Why am I wearing that silly looking thing? Yeah. This guy forgot to get changed before yeah, yeah, he left yeah. home. <laughs> so I remember seeing the photo on the website, and I'm sure it would have been your crew. <laughs> and when I first saw it, and it was just like, you know, everyone wearing their blue geese, and I was like, Nah, I don't want to do that. <laughs> you know, it's really funny, but I tell people here, and you just approve, living proof of that. I tell how actually people didn't know what it was. They used to come and watch a class yeah. and finish the class, and they go, is that karate? And yeah. they're like, no, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. That was not an understanding around, you know what I mean, at that yeah. time here in Australia. Yeah, actually, no, now I know. I remember how I got over to that club there. There was a dude I was working with was doing some MMA, and I didn't even know what that meant or what it was. <laughs> But he was like, yeah, you should come along. And that was like two years later after Googling that place, your old place. Yeah. And then I went along and then I was like, I remember the first class, the guy said to us, uh, I can teach you all the basics or I can teach you a submission. Because there was like two of us there for the day. Yeah. <laughs> We're like, I oh, will take the submission, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so we learned the Americana straight away. Showed us. And I, met, I always remember, paint the fence is what he said. Pull it down and paint the fence. And we're both, it's my mate that I went with at the time, he's no longer doing it, but we're both like, oh, this is excellent. <laughs> because the dude we're with, he let us roll him. I think he might have been a black belt or brown belt or something at the time. And he let us roll with him. He let us beat him. And yeah. like, we're feeling fucking great. great. Yeah. <laughs> and because yeah, yeah. the club was only... Like three of us yeah, <laughs> who've yeah. never done it before. Mm. We didn't know what, what good was like, so we just had fun smashing each other and thought it was great. Mm. <laughs> it's, a, it's a beating each other in the game yeah. that you're playing. And then even then, I think we didn't even wear those the gi then. It wasn't until a real coach came was on he, board. Was he wearing a gi when he was teaching, though? Or is, no, he, he wasn't, to be honest. Just, no, it was just, um, yeah, just rashy. Rash guys yeah. shorts and stuff. No gi style stuff. Yeah. But even then, I didn't know what it was. I just figured that was jits. So <laughs> were they were they teaching MMA there or they just had random different classes? Just random guys coming in for Brazilian jiu-jitsu. They were trying to, I guess, establish a new coach or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not quite sure what was going on. Johnny, what, what, uh, at what time, at what point the, the powerlifting, because I know we were, like, for me, like, well, you were one, the, one of the first guys I ever met here that was involved in powerlifting, mm. like before powerlifting become more popular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like super genuine, like you always have, like uh, really enjoyed that. So how, yeah. how actually came about the powerlifting in your life? Well, I, I love the gym. So I always trained in the gym since I was a kid. Uh, maybe, Time think, to, when I think you, year 12 I went to the gym first. Like and seven, I remember going to the gym in year 12, so. right? And it wasn't cool. Okay. So, like, you didn't talk about it. There was, like, me and one other kid I knew went to that gym. But no one talked about going to the gym. Nowadays, all the kids are trying to get jacked and it's a thing, right? But back then it was, yeah, no one's going to the gym. You just kind of snuck down there after school and didn't really talk about gym. that's kind of what I did, dude. (laughs) I remember remember working out at school. I would convince, like, two of the teachers or something to, like, eat their lunch break inside this, like, (laughs) weights room thing. And it was just, like, an old room. Yep. That they used for classes 50 years ago. Yep. And it had some weights equipment in there. And nobody <laughs> used it. It just sat there. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And I, I mean, I started like uh, getting into working out. And I was playing rugby and I broke yeah. my collarbone. And then oh. I like came back from it and started to get strong again and all yeah. this stuff. And I started looking into all these videos and about yeah. working out and all this stuff. But you're right. It wasn't really like um, the the culture it is now where now, everybody. How old were you back then? Man, this is like 15, 16. 15, 16 years old, and I'm man, I'm convincing the teachers like, oh, can we use the thing? Can we use the thing? And then I'd, they gave me a key one time, and I'd go oh, there nice. by myself and do this stuff. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And then they're like, oh, you're unsupervised, and I had to like always negotiate and try and <laughs> get in there and stuff. <laughs> but man, I would work out in my lunch break. Yeah, yeah. like at school instead of like playing with balls and doing the stuff, I would go there and work out, and I would That's be cool. so sweaty, man. 
<laughs> then you just stink in the rest of the afternoon. <laughs> like for another two hours before I go home. But man, I used to convince and, and like, ah, please let me go in there and do this stuff at yeah. school, man. I remember that. Because I remember like back on the day, like when I was, when I, which I'm older than you guys, when yeah. I was younger, even the, the doctors would say for the, the teenager, like, no, it shouldn't work out. Yeah, this yeah, is true. This is true. It'll stunt your growth. You're yeah. going to do all this damage so, to yourself. Yeah, I think that comes that's from true. that because even like going as a young uh, person to the gym, there was that kind of like, you know, maybe you shouldn't be doing this. You mm. know what I mean? Always that, you know, and parents would get, you know, doctors. That boy in on that. Yeah, yeah. 100%. And then no, I just mm. stuck with the gym since then. I kind of enjoyed it. I had no idea what I was doing. Probably still don't, to be honest. But um, <laughs> just a bro at heart. But yeah. yeah, I just kept training at local gym at Morningside. Kept training there. And there was always a local trainer a local trainer that would always give you a program. And yeah. You'd follow your program. And then he would stop working there. But the next guy, so you'd do his new program. And yeah. you'd all the dumb shit was done back then. It was great. And then we just trained weights. I moved gyms a few times. And then I was lucky to come across a guy who worked for me when I was maybe 23, 24. And he was powerlifter. Same age as me. I had no idea. I didn't even know what powerlifting was. No one, no one knew what it was. So that's like 39, 24. That's too many years ago. What were you doing for work like during this time? I ran so, Pizza Huts. Okay. Yeah. So that was – I've only really had two jobs. Yeah. Ran I worked at Pizza Hut from 15. Um, finished high school. It's like, well, I like getting paid, so yeah. I asked to start full time. And they said, yeah. And at like $7.70 an hour, of course they said yes, because that's cheap. Yeah. <laughs> but I was happy. I was making a few hundred bucks a week. Um, and then did that until I decided to make lifting, yeah. I guess, a career. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, sort of stumbled across powerlifting. This dude I work for sort of said, oh, you should come to my gym. I was like, oh, sick. Come to your gym. We'll lift some weights. We rock up at his house. Yeah. <laughs> Look at the house. I'm like, where's the gym? <laughs> I'm only used to like big commercial yeah. air conditioning, yeah. shiny places, and rock up. And he's just got like this, you know, classic old Queenslander, two sides, but two bench presses, two squat racks, rusty as shit, all beat up stuff. Mm-hmm. And then there's like little, he was a little fella and he was pushing some pretty good weights, what I thought was good weights back then. And then a, another dude rocks up who's bigger than me. Like benching like 180, yeah. I'm just fucking like mind blowing. Yeah. I was like, I Can't need, I need this, yeah. I need this. And they were doing this thing called a deadlift. I didn't even know what that was. I was like, that looks cool. You're picking this up, you put it back down. How rad's that? Mm. And then yeah, it was done. <clears throat> so I just kept rocking up. And he's like, yeah, just come back. I said, what do I do? So he said, come back Saturday. I said, right, I'll see you Saturday. <laughs> and just keep coming. Mm-hmm. Did, did you get a program off him at the time? You guys just no, like, it, did you just fully dive into the whole powerlifting kind yeah, of regime? Yeah. Well, I was in it without realizing, I think. Like, yeah. he kind of just, there was no program. He just told you what to do every week. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. pretty, you know, he was my age, but he was act like a 50 year old. Like, he's a sort of old world. It's I funny, the, the old school, I, I still do that to this day. I did that last week. Guy coming, first time, super excited, probably like you were, like, mm. wow, wow. How can I do this? How can I do this? I do the same. <laughs> I just come back next time. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, because that's the best. You know, come back next time, keep coming back, you're going to get it. You know, yeah, yeah. give you everything today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that's a good one. I think old yep. school does that a lot. Yeah, that was, that was cool. And then it was kind of like, oh, we got this comp coming up. I was like, oh, what's comps? Yeah. <laughs> and then was that the, uh, you guys know the Regatta Hotel? Yep. So rock yeah, up, yeah. It, this first comp is at the Regatta Hotel on a Saturday afternoon when the place is packed. And I remember seeing, I didn't even know what other people could lift yet because I'm just in this tiny little under the house gym. I just figured that's what people lift. Mm. Rock up, I remember seeing this bloke called Damon Hayhow and everyone's talking about him. They're like, he's going to pull 300 today. I'm just like, what? 300 kilos? You're joking. <clears throat> and like I'm lifting 220. Actually, it might have even been more than 300. Just mind blown at the concept that people can do this. They can, and, and then lift, yeah, we're on the dance floor of a of the Regatta Hotel mm-hmm. on a Saturday afternoon, which is full of people. It was like this is sick. Let's do more of it. Mm-hmm. And that crazy. was it. We're all hooked up, mm-hmm. ready to go. That, so how big was the crew of people that you started? Tiny. With? Not yeah. no, oh, we're at that under that house. There was like three of us. Okay. And a few people would come and go over the years. Yeah, yeah. And then like you know, like Ed said, powerlifting was certainly not popular. It was like, and the best, my, my way to, you could indicate that something's definitely not popular. You go out to dinner with people, right? You have that general conversation with people who don't know who you are. Hey, what do you do? What do you do? What do you do? What do you do? Oh, you're a big guy. You must lift some weights. And you're like, yeah, I do some powerlifting. They'll go, oh, it's like the Olympic lift. You throw it over your head. 
And you're like, because you've heard that 10 times, so you just say, yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. then you just move on. Yeah, yeah you don't have to waste your time <laughs> talking need to, to someone that have not yeah, I've never seen you again. Yeah. You really don't care what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about you. Yeah. <laughs> so then we move forward. And that's where I think is a big similarity between uh, powerlifting and jiu-jitsu. Is like both uh, came from a very underground. Mm, do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, like not definitely. many people doing. Mm. And that's actually, yeah. I was actually thinking about asking this question, Johnny, like, how, uh, because jiu-jitsu, for example, started, there was a few waves that made it more popular. Mm. Uh, for example, there was first a few crazy Brazilian guys that travel, you know, mm. like the Gracie family went to USA, mm. opening garages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, then same you have same this, trajectory, yeah. yeah. Then you got the second wave, which is the UFC wave. Yep. Uh, that helped. There's yep. no doubt about it. But there was a misunderstanding. A lot of people thought that was like, oh, you can't punch. No, mm. no, no. It's a different sport, but... Promoted a lot because yes. people were talking Brazilian jiu-jitsu all the mm. time on the screen and, and all that. Then there was a third wave, which was uh, we still uh, diving in this and living this wave, which is the the podcast wave, the mm. Joe Rogan wave. You yeah, know celebrities I mean? yeah. and podcasts. Celebrities, podcast. psychologists, yeah. I know the podcast. Uh, how we went through with pod, uh, with powerlifts, like how these waves came through? I think... Um... From what, I, what I've seen and watched, back in the 80s was pretty popular. It was Regatta, yeah, the first one. First for me, it was Regatta. <laughs> that was unreal. I know, I know for, for powerlifting back in the 80s through the America and stuff was quite popular. Yeah. I chat to some of the old boys, you know, 80s, early 90s was, you know, started pe- to was popular again. It kind of just disappeared because there was a, in my this personal opinion, that the style of powerlifting we were doing was called equip lifting. So... In its simplest form, you'd put on really tight suits yeah. that would aid you to lift more weight. Um, so you could put a squat suit on, put a pair of knee wraps around your knees, and you could maybe lift 100 more kilos. Wow. Okay. You could put on these other suits that are tighter and thicker, and you could maybe lift 200 more kilos. Really? Yeah. So that's the type of powerlifting was happening when I was lifting, right? Yeah. This What you see today didn't exist. but. If I then try and explain that to you who goes to the gym and you're like, hey, come do some powerlifting. Oh, you need to buy this tight little suit. It's really uncomfortable. It hurts. You've got to get these knee things. It takes this long to train. The buy-in didn't exist. Yeah. No one wanted to do it. didn't yeah. make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, that kind of faded away around the sort of same time CrossFit kicked off. Okay. So CrossFit, everyone's going to the gym to go CrossFit. Mm-hmm. Within CrossFit, they do some maximal lifting as well. Mm. And now all of a sudden there's a sport over here that just does maximal, maximal lifting. lifting. So people started gravitating across because lifting heavy things and finding out what you're worth is kind of fun. Mm. They started mixing, yeah, coming back to powerlifting. Yeah. And that's what a lot of um, powerlifters today will say. That's what's blew it up was CrossFit. That's interesting. That's like <clears> an <throat> indirect like explosion of, yeah. of powerlifting because of another... Like they tried to get away from it and create something else, but it forced them back into Yeah, and, and I would say the same, not that I have any experience with Olympic weightlifting, same for the Olympic lifting. There's a lot of Olympic lifting within CrossFit yeah, as well. Yeah. And but what it'll be the same jiu-jitsu mm. with the UFC. Yeah. 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 So not the thing that has a little bit of the attributes of mm. the other one that yeah. then brings it back. But it's just interesting what makes it so popular because like I don't think there's been that big an increase in people wanting to box. I don't think there's been that big of people wanting to go and do um, circuit training. I don't mm. think there's been that big an increase of people wanting to go and do um, kickboxing or Muay Thai. It's, I, I think it's interesting. I think the reason that jiu-jitsu got popular is because you can go 100% you really see what it is and mm. there's no like, there's but, no hiddenness behind it. And with the with the weightlifting stuff, people are primal, man. Mm. They want to see how much they can lift. Yeah. They want to see how strong they are. Yeah. That's why they do this stuff, man. But I think that there's also the thing about called rebranding, you mm. know what I mean? Which... Yeah. I mean, CrossFit is the circuit training. Yeah, rebranded. Yeah, yeah, circuit yeah, training exactly. when I was young. Yeah, everyone CrossFit. was CrossFitting before they were CrossFit. Yeah, yeah correct. Zumba <laughs> exactly. is the dance. They have every gym in Brazil. Every yeah. single gym has this dance, this gymnastics. Yeah. They, they package Repackage well. Repackage it Repackage, way. make a really good product. Make you know shiny. What I mean? And market, exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah, like, yeah, I think that's, that's a bit. But, um, so, but, and then brought back to the powerlifting Wearing much more comfortable clothes as well, you yeah. know what I mean? Which so was that sort of stuff disappeared. Nowadays, you can wear a knee wrap around your knee. Yeah. So that's still, you know, some, you like to lift more, right? You put some knee wraps on, you lift more weight. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. And the knee wraps, they hurt, but the ease of entry to use them is 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 easy. You yeah. don't have to buy these crazy expensive suits. Yeah. Um, and then there's other divisions where you don't wear things on your knees. So kind of depends on 
what path you want to take, but so both are equally as popular. With the competition stuff now, it's like separated between whether yeah. you're equipped with stuff and whether you're not. Yeah, okay. yeah. So, and to say that there is some throwback guys that still lift equipped with yeah. the suits that I used to wear back in the day. Yeah. So you've got your divisions, bare knees, knee wraps, and then you're equipped lifting yeah. as well. So probably in Australia, I'd say the most popular style of lifting nowadays would be the knee wrap lifting. Yeah. So those guys are getting maybe, depending on how good they are, somewhere between 30 to 50, 60 kilos out of a pair of knee wraps. Yeah, yeah. But you're still benching just you, you're still deadlifting just you. Yeah. So you get to have, like I guess, best of both worlds. Yeah. I read some very interesting uh, some very interesting article in a book I was reading about CrossFit. And um, they were saying that CrossFit, like, um, they, they, they started to become so big that they started to give the license to be a, a operator for a person that, like, in, in at the beginning, you have to be, like, a, you know, like a, a personal trainer, many years of experience. The train would be much longer. Mm. But um, they started to give, like, in one or two-day course for anyone. So maybe, maybe you had a bakery before, you want to change business. <laughs> and they open, like, and also... <laughs> At the beginning, they have like, oh, you can only open another one in 10 kilometers, and then they finish that as well. Mm. So what happened was the level of uh, the injuries increased dramatically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they just started to, you know, not not being so diligent, not having yeah. specialized people on the floor, etc. Uh, which I think is one of the problems with anything that gets popular gets Absolutely. a little bit out of control. Yeah, yeah. So I was wondering, like, with the with the power lift, with the, the the power lifting as well, when it became famous, like jujitsu for example as well, yep. we see a big increase of people that do not have the right qualifications, never Absolutely. done this job. Yeah, uh, it's just become like um, it's it kind of like takes completely away that actually the whole effectiveness, you know, mm. effectiveness and, and and the quality of the product. But because the clientele also grew. They don't know what is actually, they can't differentiate what's good to bad, you know what Absolutely. I mean? So what are your thoughts on that? Like, can you see that happening in the powerlifting industry as ha- well? Happened. As a genuine guy that ha- I know you are? Happened and maybe not happening as much anymore, perhaps. Yeah. Because, like, you have your boom, like you said. Yeah. So all of a sudden there's more gyms. Um, the qualification to be a PT's an eight-week training course. Yeah. There's no powerlifting coach course. No. So that's there's just some people now starting to teach that stuff. So, but you know, if you go back a bit, I've seen quite a few gyms come and go. They've just jumped on the wave, so to speak. Yeah, and they're no longer around. But that, I think you'd say that, that story is popular to any business or any any boom. Absolutely true. And then all of a sudden, you know, the the cream rises to the top and the rest move along. But the sad part of it is there's going to be some broken people because of it, which sucks. That yeah, you know, just. For whatever reason, they yeah. they a few casualties. They they went with Coach B because that's they googled and found yeah. him down the road or her down the road, and mm-hmm. they went there. And unfortunately, they didn't have a good experience. And now they'll no longer do it, or yeah. maybe they're injured, they can't do it. Whereas Player A maybe googled the right gym and was yes. lucky to fall in with the right coach. Yeah. But I think nowadays, like there's so much information out there content yeah. there's so much um all the good people are on the social medias you can kind of see who's good yes if you know what i mean now uh, yeah which I is think really good we live exactly the same wave like powerlifting mm. jiu-jitsu like there is a moment where you know you can't really uh, distinguish much between you know who is good and mm. who is bad and the wave is forming so every people but then suddenly it settles down people can mm. see better there's more events, more things happening that they can mm. distinguish better. Hey, it's yeah. true, true. Absolutely. There's, I mean, I know when I started competing jits, when I was a white belt, there was barely any comps. Yeah, true. Nowadays, there's comps every, every weekend. Every weekend, yeah. Every weekend. Powerlifting's the same. There was yeah. two comps a year. You did states and nationals. Mm. You know, so you don't get exp- exposure to chat to other people in the community. Be like, oh, who are you coaching with? What are yeah. you doing? What are you doing? You couldn't have that back then. So it was just luck of the draw if you landed with the right person or not. And there was no real social media either, so there was no reviews. Couldn't do your homework. Yeah, you couldn't do your homework. But nowadays you can. And as a coach, I think for me personally, as a coach, like that keeps me always thinking about what product I'm providing. It's it's good. It's good. It's good for both people. It forces you to continually innovate and improve and get better. And it it, it always gives access um, for people to higher level coaching, higher level Mm. you know ability to improve themselves. You, You have way more at your fingertips or you have way more access to high level mm. stuff that you can improve on 
I think what you said before is absolutely right though. Like it doesn't matter your level, like you're only going to survive if you're providing value to people. Mm. You cannot be this mediocre or low level individual or standard of stuff because people just won't go there. Mm. People won't continue to go there over time anyway. Yeah, yeah, they might yeah. go there for the time being, mm. but once they start to recognize and understand what things are, the longer they're there, they're going to change their mind. Yeah. Because they have access to higher, man, you've got to provide value to people. And and also the other thing is, is like jumping on the bandwagon thing. Most people do that for like a monetary reason. They're always like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to make something out of this. What's I'm giving make, more coin now? Yeah, what's giving, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to open two um, CrossFit gyms and blah, blah, whatever. Right. The problem with that is, again, it's like a short term idea. And, and I, I think like as a whole, as a society, as like a Western nation, that's what we're always pushed towards is the right now, the right now, the right mm. now, the right now, the Instagram, the Instagram, the Instagram. Oh, how do you feel? How do you feel? How do you feel? You can make money on it right now, right now, right now, right now, right mm. now. And then the thing is, is people never look any any further than, man, a lot of the time pass here, they pass mm. their own nose. They only see what's experiencing inside their body. They don't look 10 years down the track. They don't look 15 years down the track. You know what and, I mean? And being genuine sports person as well, give us that drive. They're like, man, how can I improve this? And when we apply that to the business, that's mm. what you're talking. Like it's the constant sure. daily work mm. to, to make improve. Things like you're always going to start at a, at a point. Like man, the way I coach now compared to when I started is a completely different. And finance with the consequences. You know what I'm saying? Correct. And mm. the way you run your business from when you started to oh, now is a completely different mm. animal. That's a normal process of doing that. You're only going to be here if you evolve and, and change and grow and add more value. But this is the thing. That's the biggest thing. Is you need to add value. To people mm. you need to add value to the community you need to add value to True. the world and as a byproduct of adding value to other human beings and the world and people then you will get something back in return mm. then you will get the money back in return yeah. then you will get all the other things back in return whereas i think people kind of have that a little mixed up they're looking for what they're going to get the first. First, bro. What, are, what are you going to give me and I, I i would go way further now i think that most people either adopt this mentality or a kind of program to have this mentality of what can you do for me as opposed to what can you do for other people? Mm. And it, man, it just doesn't work. There's a nice quote and I could never remember who said it, but I really love it. It is the pursuit of profit will be the end of all business. Yeah. So essentially saying, if you just focus on your money first, you're not going to be around. (laughs) But man, you can even take that into like a personal level. If you just focus on yourself first, people don't want to be around you, man. Yeah. how, How can people enjoy being with somebody that only focuses on what you what they what you can do for them mm. man the, yeah. the, we i talked about this stuff um you know with casey um o'connor he's just become a black belt now which is good for him um that's sick yeah congratulations to casey but man, i talked about with with him about this stuff like not long ago about um like man the, the most fulfilling thing for people is being a part of community and serving other people like when when you are involved in powerlifting and the and the way you help people change their lives and improve their confidence and all this stuff and the way we do it through jujitsu with the kids and the adults, like this is a thing that's the real benefit of of life. You know, what I mean, the real fulfillment of life. The monetary stuff is also important because you've got to live, of course, and you should be rewarded for how hard you're working. But man, there's nothing better than how you can help other people, and in in so many different ways. And I think a lot of people got that tremendously. Misconstrued. Yeah. You know what it I mean? is super fulfilling. We got sometimes, <laughs> I got numerous times like parents that come to the reception, you know, and they had the kid bullying or they had problems, you know, mm. coordination, etc. And their wa- eyes are watering and yeah. they, w- they can't even express. Sometimes they can't. I just look at them. I said, I know, I understand. And I'm very happy. You know what I mean? Because that for us is rewarding. You yeah. know what I mean? And you get all the time as well. The testimonies, that's. That's everything, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, that's that's the, the, the icing on the cake, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, for me as a coach, like, the, you guys get the same. There's nothing cooler than seeing you guys progress. 100%. You know, whether it's in a, a competition or environment for us where they're maxing out their list and, you know, they came in as a as a shy, quiet person with no athletic background and all of a sudden they lift a 120-kilo deadlift, which in the grand scheme of all powerlifting is not much at all. But for them, they work their damn ass off to, to nail yeah, it. Yeah. For me, I enjoy them more than seeing the elite guys lift something yeah, yeah. big. Yeah. Like, I'm the same. There's I those, love that little... passion that, and emotion in that yeah. for them, the victory and, for them. And there's a massive. real meaning behind that yeah. person when they get that weight. Yeah. Like, it's so cool. Mm. Like, they're my favourite lifts to go and watch. You know, the old guy who's, you know, been doing it for ages and now he's 62 and now he can squat 
210 kilos. Like, that's sick. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. And that's an impressive feat in, in itself, man. Like, there's not a large number of people that can squat 210 kilos, <laughs> let, let alone, let alone being, doing it at 62, you know what I mean? Like, man, the, the, I think this is impressive. Like, just people, like you're saying, man, putting people the work, sorry, people putting the work in and mm. just, man, setting a goal and working hard with you mm. and as a group. And that's also the other thing that is um, so attractive and so, you know, amazing for people is man, you're doing it with people that are like-minded, that enjoy mm. this stuff and they're around each other and they make each other better and they're lifting each other up mm. instead of tearing each other down. Because, man, if you go on the internet, if you go into other areas of the world, like, man, most people spend all their time tearing other people down. Mm. They're not they're not trying to work together and help each other and improve and stuff. There's small little communities like a powerlifting gym, like a jiu-jitsu gym, like some other groups and things like that. That man, it's a it's a group of people that generally, you know, there's always people in and there that like maybe they're trying to figure it out or they're not sure and they're trying to learn how to be this type of person. But man, for the most part, it's a group of like-minded people that are all positive, mm. that are on the same pursuit that you are, which is self-improvement and, and just getting better and improving your life and improving everyone else's life with it. And man, it's just, you just talk about another similarity is both individual sports, but yeah. required a lot, such a level of teamwork yeah. for, for you to grow and evolve in your exactly. own game. You it's know? exactly the same. With uh, powerlifting platform, it's, yeah. it's you and the barbell, but to get to that you and the barbell moment, which is the same as Jets, you on the floor with someone yes. else, yes. You, you didn't get there alone. No, no. <laughs> You, and you would not have done it with just a coach. You need all of your training partners with you. Correct. Driving and you along. Absolutely. And, and that understanding is very important to take to life. You know yeah, what I mean? Because I life, you need people. You need friends. You need mm, people absolutely. to share the good and the bad. Otherwise, it's hard, man. Much harder. That's exactly what I was going to say, man. Like, you, you, you can't. Man, we're, we're communal people, man. Mm. We're pack animals. You can't you can't do things without anybody else. Yeah. One and, of the cool yeah. things I love with um, powerlifting, and it's exactly the same with experience with jets. Where else outside of the four walls of a place like this or a gym mm. would you get that cross section of humans meet each other? Yeah. And develop just, a friendship. Yeah. So true. So true. <laughs> across ages as yeah, well. Across ages, genders, races, yeah. everything. You know, that's so true. All the things they think and feel outside of this gym is all dropped. Mm. And then all of a sudden they develop these friendly relationships within the gym that if unless they had that time in that club, would never they would never have crossed paths. No. And the older guy will feel younger yeah. by doing that. The young guy will feel respected and treated as a, as a, an adult, which is yep. super important, that transition to teenager to adult. Mm. It's like it's you can't ask for anything better for a socialization tool. Like it's beyond, you know. Mm. Yeah, we've talked about this stuff. Um, like you talked about with Hickson's book and stuff a lot about this stuff. And it's like, even with that Paolo that we did on the last episode, like jiu-jitsu is just going to give you an opportunity to work on the thing that you like lack the most. And it's like the guy that's too aggressive has to, has to figure out how to navigate their aggression to get along with other people and not be so aggressive that people don't want to train with you anymore because mm. you're bashing people and knock them in the face or whatever. And somebody that's super timid and shy and doesn't have the you know um, confidence to go and do this and do that or like to go and fight for real or really commit to actions in training, they have to. Otherwise, they keep getting their guard passed or they keep getting dominated physically while they're training. Like, man, it's just a concentrated version of life that forces you, just like with business stuff, and mm. uh, to continually improve yourself and evolve. And all it does is just shine a magnifying glass on the things you lack. Mm. And that's the same thing that happens when you're around a heap of people doing lifting stuff. Mm. And like some people, it's like they they can't get their thing, they get super upset and depressed and they don't train for a week or whatever. Or some people that, you know, do lift their weight and they start acting overconfident, like, nah, man, I'm better than this. Huh? Mm. The, the, man, all this stuff is an avenue for to put all your effort, passion and attention into, but to, to magnify, like, all right, man, what do you like? Mm. What do you need to improve on? And you the thing I mean? that gets interesting is I guarantee you watch the guys and girls that get better in the gym, you watch the things outside the gym and their 100%, life get better. 100%. All of a sudden, these opportunities open up, things they struggled or were not doing so well in, they all just disappear. Mm. And they don't often potentially sit, but you as a coach who gets to sit back and watch them grow as a human, mm. you get to see, oh, man, all of a sudden you're getting a new job. You've yeah. got the new boyfriend or girlfriend. You, you've gotten rid of some of those shit humans in your life now. You're eating a little bit better. You're feeling a little bit better. You go on that adventure you always talked about. Yeah. And it's not until they sit back three, five, six years and reflect on that and they're like, holy shit. This changed my whole life. Yeah, yeah. Man. It's not just always about the barbell or, or wrestling so someone on the mat. Like, so, so similar, so true. Yeah. Uh, Johnny, um, 
I would like, like, you still doing comps for powerlifting? Powerlifting comps? Oh, man, it's the coach's curse, right? Like, the <laughs> you, you boys get this. The, the, better, the, the better the coach you are, uh-huh. the more you coach, the less opportunities you get to the to compete yourself. No, yeah. I'm talking about competitions, like organization. Of oh yeah, we're still organizing them, bro. Do you? Yeah, yeah. So, so um, where I'm myself, and my business partner Jamie, we're accountable for Capo Queensland. So Capo is the powerlifting federation, a bit like boxing or jits. There's yeah. various federations that float around. Mm-hmm. Capo is one of the oldest. I've been with them since the start of it. Now we're the state rep, so okay. we look after all the state meets within Queensland, which are now run from us in our own gym, um, state-level state comp run outside of our gym and then getting other gyms involved to run local sanctioned meets as well as uh, novice comps because recognising people become national champions by starting a local meet. Yeah. So getting in there at the grassroots and helping grow that level. as yeah. well. So. so if someone uh, that wanted to start competing in powerlifting, yep. right, in Queensland, right, I know you're based in... Bowen Hills or Valley? We're, uh, yeah, Bowen Hills Valley. We're on the Bowen edge. Bowen Hills Valley. Um, and if someone is interested to start competing as well and start training, mm. um, can they just start it? Like, how does it work like, for them as a beginner? Like, you have different weight classes? Or, yeah, yeah. Give us a run. You got weight classes like most other tournaments floating around. Um, you do your squat bench and your deadlift. And my, my, my sort of thing I try and get everyone to do is – Jump on the competition platform as soon as you can because, one, competing's fun. Yeah. Um, you're not going to win. You're probably not going to win for a while, so you're not really competing against anyone. You're just competing against yourself, so don't try and worry about what other people are doing. Um, I discourage anyone worrying about weight categories yeah. because – you're going wherever you're yeah, at. Yeah, whatever you're at, you can yeah. you do. And that's the same as Jits yeah. as yeah. well, I think. I've made all yeah. those mistakes of cutting weight, being an idiot. Yes. Um, and then – nowadays what's exciting is there's a lot of local novice comps so you just literally rock up in whatever the hell you're wearing and lift lift whatever you can Um, and you'll find the better novice comps will always the coach of that gym which if it's me we don't run any novice comps these days I try and encourage the other gyms to try and grow up but you know me as a a coach I'll be wandering around and chatting everyone and stuff and if I see little Billy not having a clue what he's doing Go and give him a bit of guidance and make oh, sure nice. he's not going to get hurt. Like, yeah, and you'll find all the other better coaches who are established all do the same thing. Yeah, that's very good. Um, they're all just trying to make sure that I, that person already doesn't have a coach. There's nothing worse than standing on someone's toes. Yeah. Um, and then they'll do the novice comp. And then if you like that, cool, do another novice comp. And once you've got a feel for the space, let's jump you in a local sanctioned meet. So you can kind of, you've got to wear the one piece. The, the refereeing is going to be a lot stricter and tighter as well and then if you are interested in the idea of competing so you know as a hundred kilo person guy you might want to go see what the other hundred kilo guys are worth at that local level and maybe you match up maybe you don't just yet let's do a couple more local comps and then you'll find anyone can do a state level comp so that's when you'll get a really good mix of that sort of medium entry level lifter to a national elite, level, elite level elite which level. is an incredible experience i think some people find that intimidating as a novice lifter but how cool is it to go and lift with some of the best mm. and just see what they see do what they're doing how they that's doing, cool yes. it'd be like being the white belt watching the black belts roll oh, right yeah. like of course you're gonna hang around but now you get to more often not be in the same lifting flight as that guy mm. or girl you'll probably start in the flight and they're finishing it but you get to warm up on the same platform as them you can do everything with them and then um, after that, then there's national national events, which are done with – there's qualifying totals. So yeah. you, you need to be able to achieve a certain amount of weight and then you'll be invited to lift at nationals. And, Johnny, is that the same routine like for every comp, for example? Is that everyone starts on the bench and you have like three, three goals? Yeah, so or you go it works? squat, bench and deadlift. You get three turns. Um, you you want to open reasonably, and then they light. get your best off each. Yeah, they'll take your best of each. They put it together, add all the numbers up. You get what's called a total, and then your total is what you've competed against. So, if my three lifts are six hundred and Anton's three lifts are six ten, he wins, yeah. essentially. And then the the cool thing I like, which there is always argument about it, there's a thing called a formula. So it pits me at one hundred and twenty five against Anton at one hundred, and at times my total times a number equals a new magic number. And now we're competing against each other. 
as well, which is kind of cool. So then you they can have like a, a formula. It's called a formula. Equal yeah. out the weight difference. Yeah. yeah. So to equal out the weight difference. And then so at a big state level meet, for instance, where there might be, say, 50 guys and girls all different lifting weights. all different weights, you get to have an overall window or a state champion of everyone. So, mm-hmm. And then what's kind of cool is obviously the small person isn't going to lift as much as the bigger person, but they don't need to. Because they weigh less. Yes, they weigh less. So there's a formula that squares it. They generally do better though, like power to ratio. I think like yeah. cause I, I watch like just even with the Olympic stuff, um, you know, Olympic lifting, the Olympics and, mm. and stuff like that. Like there, there's like a there's like a threshold which like mm. you know, what I mean, a guy that's sixty can kill sixty kilos can lift four times his body weight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A guy that's hundred kilos can maybe lift three double the three times yeah. his body weight. A guy that's two hundred kilos, he can lift double his body yeah, weight. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. But like. It's just interesting how that kind of factors yeah. in. The formula kind of favoured is geared that way. Like yeah. it recognises that the the bigger guy can't do as many times his body weight, yeah. um, and it and it factors that in. Um, yeah. And I find that's a cool way to compete too. There's also another. There's a multiplier for age in there too. So, oh wow, um, the masters now have an opportunity because there's a master lifter like particularly as you get older, like this guy's 70 and 80 lifting weights mm. and competing, but, you know, they're not going to lift what a 40-year-old's no, lifting. No. But now there's a number multiplier that goes on top of that that pits them against the younger guys, mm. which is super cool. So, mm. like, now it's just a – and we all know how good doing physical fitness is for an older person. Yeah. Now they've got a path to compete as well, which, mm. like, I don't think there's many sports in the world where an older person can have a, a competition experience. Mm. And now they can. And not only compete in their age group of 70 but or like 80, actually, they're competing against all the masters nice. yeah. and having a crack, which one of my guys, is, it's his drive. He's, 60, he's 66. So because um, it favours the age, as you get older, you get a better multiplier. He's still bloody strong. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So he finished top 10 in Australia for masters. Wow. Out of 40, against 40-year-olds. 40 mm. He loves it. He's walking around real tall right now. <laughs> awesome. Which is super sick. You know, that's one of the cool things that comes mm. with powerlifting, I think. There's something for everyone. For sure. I think, man, a lot of, you know, powerlifting, absolutely, jiu-jitsu is like that as well. And, man, like, again, like, it just kind of gives you an opportunity to be young again, like you said, hanging around with the 40-year-old mm. guys or, or the younger guy, like, learn and understand life from. And, like, I've had hundreds of hours of conversation with dudes here about life about relationships about business stuff about everything man mm. this is not only a community of people that are going to help you get better at the thing you're doing but man they're just going to improve the areas of your life like you talked yeah. about before like and you know i mean a lot of people say like your life is a product of the five people you spend most time around stuff like that and man your influence is that man your influence is what changes the traje- trajectory of your life and if you're around good people that um are really you know, they want the best for you and they want you to improve and they want to do this thing, man, why wouldn't you go and find a place like this? Why mm. would you, you know, not go and find a situation where you can be surrounded by people like that that actually want you to improve, that want you to do better? And, they, man, they give you advice. You're learning from them. Mm. They're learning from you and all sorts of facets of life. True. Yeah, man. And, you know, whether it's competition or not, I think it's – man, I just like talking about this stuff because it's just like – Man, like everything you're doing at the end of the day is like underlying what what is it? It's like, man, everyone's just trying to move forward and improve mm. themselves. What do you wanna what do you wanna achieve? This is what I want to achieve, but we all just wanna get a one percent better, one percent better, one percent better. You know what I mean? So yep. and yep. the cool thing with those communities, like you you have your bad times and bad weeks, right? 100%. So you're not necessarily gonna be progressing yourself then, but if the team is still moving forward, yeah, you're yeah. getting pulled with it. Yeah. yeah. You're going to. Yeah. Like, your bad day's becoming a good day because, yeah. you know, you, your training partners, your mates realise you're a bit down, having a bad time. Yeah. They're picking you up. They're pulling you along, man, dusting you off and say, let's go, let's go, yeah. and helping you out. And where, like, if you were in that, stuck in that situation without that community around you, you might stay in that sort of Yeah, you might stay there. You might get in that downward spiral. You might, yeah. like, it just keeps you moving forward. I absolutely yeah, agree with that. Such 100%. a, It's such a powerful network of mm. people to be involved with that. Absolutely. Like, as much as... You know, we are isolated in, in you know, in the twenty like in the 21st century and we're all living in our own houses mm. and we're all on Instagram and Facebook and all these things. Like, man, it's just even if you only go there twice a week, man, mm. for a couple of hours, like it's those two times a week where you're in that thing and they mm. are physically pulling you along. Yeah. It's a massive thing people for people mentally too. Yeah, too often I'll see, you know, uh, if, in a real good way, you know, I'll, I'll have a conversation with ex-client, ex-client is having a bad time, they're struggling a bit with something, 
I'll chat to him. We have a good sesh, pick him up a little bit. And then two days later, you'll see him tagged on social media with another member of the gym. Yeah. Doing something cool. Yeah, yeah. And they're talking about how much fun they're having. <laughs> yeah. like, and then next week, all of a sudden, whatever the drama issue was, that's gone. They're kicking ass, taking names again. Like, that thing's cool. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a really cool thing to see. Mm-hmm. It's really funny. Like, uh, sometimes it's my day off and I shouldn't come to the gym. <laughs> but because I, I feel really good to come and train or to come and hang around people, have a chat. Uh, which uh, I, I end up coming. Do yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. I end up here. And I was like, oh, it's my day off. I shouldn't be here. But man, this, <laughs> is, what I, this is what makes me feel good. You yeah. know? I like coming here on a Saturday and then do after some. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's actually, yeah. we get to love the thing. You know what I mean? It makes us feel really good, you know? Yeah, oh, man, I'll, get, I'll have the conversation with a new person who doesn't know me and they'll be like, what'd you do on the weekend? I said, oh, man, let's train some weights. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like, yeah, but what fun stuff did you do? I said, I trained some weights. This is my <laughs> fun stuff. Yeah, for me, the beginning yeah. of my fun. I said, do you know how like, you go to the pub yeah. or yeah, you're yeah. going here? I'm going to the gym. Yes. <laughs> One of my best friends is there. My partner there. My daughter's there. A couple other crew that we train with. Mm. We're there for four hours when we only really need to be there for two. Mm. <laughs> and you train and having a great time. That's our time. Mm. 100%. Yeah. Look, years ago, uh, one of the old training partners, he summed it up well. He goes, we traded in the beers for the protein shakes. yeah. You know, you'd spend Friday night at the pub, but now you just spend Friday night at the gym. Yeah. What, what's yeah. the comparison here? They're trading the beers for the acai, maybe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the acai and someone else's sweat on your yeah. face. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's interesting. Man, we do Friday nights, happy hour every Friday, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Every yeah. Friday. <laughs> Open map, put the music on, everyone's hanging out. Yeah. yeah. And like, how many of those people, if you fast, you rewind them so many years, they would have been doing something exactly very different to that. Yeah. And now, like, so an experience like that, I think it's such a positive experience for them. Absolutely, man. And even if a guy that, let's say, he man, he can't get away from, like, drinking, yeah. by having to be here on Friday or I want to be here on Saturday morning or Sunday, for mm-hmm. example, that will balance it out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Drinking 10 he's going to drink, drink 15 four, and go, right? oh, my God, I can't wake up. No, he's mm-hmm. going to drink three, knowing yeah. the next day he want to make me feel much better. And that, yeah. it's, that's oh, important. Yeah. You see so many of those, ne- oh, let's call them negative behaviors that, that creep into people's lifestyles that, all of a sudden start disappearing because the, the positive thing they enjoy doing, rolling jets or yeah. training on a Saturday morning at the gym, becomes more important. Yes. It becomes yes. more important, but a lot of the time it's just based on survival, man. Yeah. We, talk, we talked about this with Fabio, man. We talked about this with Fabio. It's like, Eduardo's like, man, the first time he came in, like, you heard the guy, <gasps> smoking cigarettes, all this stuff, they can't. And, and this has happened, like, there's so many people that have talked about this stuff about how they had a student or, you know, people talking about being that student, they're going in and they cannot, man, by default, actions change your life. Yeah. You can sit around there and think about it for the rest of your life, but until you do it, nothing's yeah. going to change. Yeah. But anything to do with body and exercise, they, once they get, they, they will need to expose themselves. You know 100%, I mean? that's what they I'm saying. hide. You, you, but yeah. the thing is, is it, it, it becomes like a necessity just to survive. You can't keep smoking two packs a day. <laughs> you can't keep you having 15 <laughs> beers and then go and do your maximal deadlift or do a big deadlift session. You're going to throw up everywhere. You can't do it. So you have to. You have to. By, by putting yourself in position, you're now forcing yourself to change, improve, be yeah. better, whatever. And it's, 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 a great, it's a great journey for everyone and it's impressive. That's why, like you talked about before, when you watch that guy that couldn't lift anything before, but now is lifting 120 men, that victory is way more important than the guy that's an elite lifter that's, you know, put an extra two kilos on his mm. maximal lift. Like that victory there, man, that is a changing the guy's life. Yeah. It's changing the guy's life. And, it, and like, the, the, like you said, man, they're getting the new girlfriend, they're getting the new boyfriend, they're, they're getting the new job, they're, you know, they're getting, they're opening their own business, they're doing mm. this stuff like the thing that that changes it man just gives them a new lease on life to go and do the things they want to do and it's that that's you know impressive and that's the you know i mean the 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 give back that you get from all the yeah. hard work for coaching and stuff like that and it's just awesome man it's yeah awesome that's the around things that have become more important the pbs and belts right like yeah. seeing those positive lifestyle changes and the relationships they're having in their life now yeah. because of just coming to a gym yeah. it's like fuck that's cool like it's to crazy, sit back so. as a coach and see it and then eventually, you know, after about three or four years, they see it. You saw it about a year in, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> three or four years later, they start saying, oh, that was something else I wanted to touch on before, man. It's like, it's, it's like anything though. It's really hard to notice the thing if you're the one in it. Yeah. It's easy for us. 
or, or people to have an outer perspective mm. because our, our, us ourselves like and you're that's, not your best coach yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you're <laughs> not your own but exactly that's why everybody needs a mentor or a coach type thing because they can they're looking at it from a different view mm. and, and that's why like man i ask so many people about so many things whether it's business relationships friendships everything like man you, you've, you've got a community of people to draw from mm. that can see a different thing because they're not in they're not in the middle of it like you are and man, this is invaluable, man. Like you cannot, man, you have to have this in your life, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's no, this is a priceless commodity, man. This is a priceless thing to have people that actually respect you, trust you, care about you, to have their their, their feedback and information, man. There's not a lot of places on the planet you get that, man. Mm. If you're lucky, you've got two or three friends that'll do that for you. Mm. If you're lucky, you're involved in a community of people that'll do that for mm. each other. If you're lucky, man. You know what I mean? Rolling around on the mats underneath someone big and sweaty, you get some pretty strong feedback real quick. Yeah, 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 yeah. For, sure, for sure. Same with the barbell. So I say the barbell yeah. tells no lies. Yeah. <laughs> like it weighs 200 kilos today, tomorrow, and the next day. Yeah. <laughs> what you've done outside of that thing weighing that weight will turn out, will dictate how well you get to move that thing, whether 100%. you get to move it or not. <laughs> and then that's like, the, that's like that physical thing, like the physical indicators or physical stresses or physical reasons are the, the most obvious in your face situation you, you can't bullshit this stuff it no. it's not possible man you, you can't trick yourself into thinking that oh um i i lost because of this or i couldn't lift that because of that man it's you either lifted it or you didn't yeah either could or you couldn't and there's no there's no improvisation on that there's so many other areas of life that you get to like kind of bullshit or weasel your, your way out of oh, well, oh yeah, yeah oh. And that doesn't exist here. And you could easily reflect on your journey to that moment to lift that thing or have that comp on the mat and you'll be able to highlight, if you look at it properly, where you went wrong and why it didn't happen. 100%. 100%. You just, and then that's when a good growing experience gets to happen. Like You get to sort of reflect on those things and if you can really own up to your mistakes there. You have to, man. You get better, you, you're a better person because of it. There's no not way just not. stronger on the on the barbell and moving it, but just as a human, you're better. Absolutely, absolutely. Like just like kind of like changing to something else or another topic. Like, um, I, I haven't I haven't really talked about it too much on the podcast about business stuff. But what is it like running a, a, a gym and like running a situation like that, like a business scenario? Because we've talked about it a little bit in person and stuff like Eduardo talking about running a gym and stuff like that. But what are the realities of actually running this place? You know what I mean? Because a lot of people come into these scenarios and they're like, especially now we're in the gym. <laughs> yeah, they go, man, I'll put, I'll put a few weights there. Yeah, I'll put I a sign. Yeah. Open yeah, the yeah. social media. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you have the best job in the world. Yeah, like, yeah. oh, man, you're just having fun. I was like, like, nah, man, that's not the well, reality. Yeah. You got to know what I did to get to yeah, the fun yeah. bit. <laughs> man, this is actually something that we talked about with um, Fabio Gallup. So Fabio <laughs> Gallup came here, um, here and talked about this stuff. And it's like, and people don't know the 20 years you did leading up to this point. You know <laughs> yeah. what I'm saying? And all in culmination, like, man, I used to get bashed by Mark Hunt. I used to go and get all this shit happened to me. I was a punching bag for the top light heavyweights in the UFC just to get to this point. This is what it took. You know, they don't see that. They just see you now with a nice car and a nice girlfriend and a nice life and a nice gym and a nice community of people around you. And like, oh, I want that. Oh, that's so easy. Look, they just turn up and do this. Three times, once a day, twice a day, whatever. It's like, nah, dude, that's not how it is. So, man, I think running a business is the most stressful, coolest thing you ever get to do. Yeah. Because the one thing I never do is <laughs> stressful. <laughs> yeah. The one thing I never true. do, and you guys get this. Yeah. I'll remember this phrase later on. <laughs> you write that down. Stressful, cool thing ever. Like, I guarantee you got 11 o'clock class today, right? Yeah. There'll be one to three people who come in and complain about having to go to work either later yesterday or today, right? Yeah. I don't. Uh. What was that? They would be but what? Guarantee they complain about having to go to work later or being to work earlier or not wanting to go to work right. tomorrow, yeah. right? Uh-huh. I don't. Yeah. You don't uh-huh. I never complain because yeah. it's fucking excellent. Yeah. <laughs> you pinch yourself. You get to go to work, hang out with cool people who you've essentially selected that you want to coach. Mm. Um, they trust you to give them guidance and help and they pay you for that. Mm. You can pinch yourself. Hundred percent. To to be able to get to grow a business, to get up to that stage, to do all that stuff is the most stressful thing you ever do. You'll make a thousand mistakes. You'll have mm. weeks where you got no money, mm. um, and then even still, as a business owner, you're always, particularly in current climate, thinking, "Oh, what's next?" Mm. Because you know we're not twenty. We got mortgages. I so got a kid. Mm. You got partner. You got bills. Mm. But it it's not an employed job with sick leave or yeah. annual leave. So, it's- and that's what actually. Also makes you man. I need to get better all the time. Be, yeah, yeah. Be better as best as I can mm. because man, it, it's 
It's all on you. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And for you. me, I personally thrive on that. I love that. Me but, too. Me too. Yeah. I love being hungry. Yeah, love, me too. You know, it's trendy to say it, but I love the hustle that comes with it. You know, I'm always grinding, thinking about what's the next. My week is a mission. Yeah, yeah. What's yeah. my next mission, you know? Yeah, absolutely. What's the next part of the business we're going to grow and build? And, you know, what are we going to do now? Mm. You know, like for us as a business, um, coronavirus kind of highlighted the fact you can't be just a business that has four walls anymore. Yeah. Because once the four walls are shut, you've got no more income. So, yeah. I kind of think if you're just a four-wheel business now, you're not maybe a business anymore. You're just – you're working for yourself now mm-hmm. um, because once the door shut, you know, more income, no more business. So for us as a gym, I was like, cool, what are some things we can do to fix that? And then I was like, you know what, we're going to get into merchandise. Yeah, A lot of people did as well. But I like to think we did it quite successfully last year. Sold a shit ton of shirts. Yeah. We did really well. It's a really cool brand. We did some good stuff. Sold a bunch of stuff. It's cool. That's a massive tick off. I saw your, last year. Your, your shirts been around the world. Yeah, yeah, we go them. everywhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We've been, we, you name it, we've been there. I guarantee it. <laughs> I See, coronavirus has been a bit slow for us, a lot less travel going on, mm. but um, in travel time. And like, I was like, man, there's really something that people resonate with those shirts. They, they like wearing it, they like the meaning behind it. They're not necessarily members of our gym wearing our shirts, they just like the idea of yeah. belonging to a gym like that. Uh-huh. And they'll travel the world and wear it proudly, and then we have. Which is awesome. You transcend the, the, their own like facilities, like yeah. just like you said before, even on the people's mentality. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So then I was like, you know, last year I was like, let's get behind merch. You know, let's let's allow access to everyone to buy our shirts now, mm-hmm. and then promote it, go hard on it, and then part of that means I get to my, get my little brain on to start thinking about new designs and new things, and and push it hard. So yeah. that that was awesome. And then yeah, the next year will be even bigger for that for sure. And there's also the podcast, which is like... Yeah, maybe- and that was, that's how the podcast started as yeah. well. Um, it started before corona, but not too f- before, not too long before. It just happened to be coronavirus. It was a great time for us to really crank podcasting. But it was like, you know, man, we just have interesting conversations. That's how I always started as well, actually. Yeah, all, all this stuff started like this. It's the same type of thing. It's like you, you, you presented a problem. you got to yeah. innovate. you got to yeah. do something. Uh, what can we do to imp- continually move forward and improve, add yeah, more things? Forward. Exactly right. You know I mean, diversify, add other ways of having income and revenue. All right, yeah. oh, shit, let's try this. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And, like, the podcast is great. I'm not too sure what we'll do with it yet, but, mm. man, we just keep doing two interviews a week. Yeah. <laughs> it's just keep chucking so it out. so fun to do yeah. it, like get away from the, the core part of the business. Yeah. Like, Get to know people on a deeper level. This, and this is this is something that like a lot of people always comment on, and and like man, you don't need big names and all this stuff. Like a lot of people just like listening to like man, they've never had a two-hour conversation with these people. It's yeah. interesting to watch it, to listen to it, and learn about this individual. Mm. Man, they're already spending time around, but they just don't have the opportunity to sit down and actually dive into their life for two yep. hours or an hour. You know what I mean? And, and you just get to learn some cool stuff. Yeah. And it's as real as it gets. Exactly. Yeah. We don't have to, f- you cannot say certain things. You know what yeah. I mean? You have to, you just can be as genuine as you are. Yep. You know what I mean? And that's you and, and that's and great. say whatever you like. That's and then, beautiful. you know, with technology nowadays, like we, we get anyone from anywhere around the world. Yeah. <laughs> like we've had conversations, guys in Iceland, Europe, yeah. uh, America. Yeah. Like it's just a one Instagram DM away. Yeah. Hey, Guys, What's come happening? On, yeah. What are you doing? I like your stuff. Come check out the podcast. Let's have a chat. Mm. And like people are so receptive to saying yes. I think it's a good mix of people love talking about themselves. Yeah. Um, and then <laughs> people understand there's opportunity for self-promotion, but they also like telling their stories. Yeah, correct. Which is so but much how fun. often do you actually sit down with somebody that asks you only about you and all the yeah. stuff you've been doing for your life? Like, man, this is a very unique situation. Yeah. Like that doesn't happen. We don't just like meet, like you're saying. Oh, you know, oh, what is it? Powerlifting. What's that? Is that like the Olympic stuff? Like that's as far as it goes. They yeah. don't, they're not talking about you. They're not, not interested in it. you and, and diving into that kind of stuff. And the thing I love, that I mean, I'm sure you guys run it pretty similar. We go into our podcast with no plan. Yeah. No, no nothing. It, it, it has a few questions here and there. Sometimes. We got none. <laughs> Zero. Yeah, yeah. But how easy is it to talk to someone when you've never met them? Well, you're just curious. True. You're just generally curious, yeah. naturally curious about what the who the person is and what they've done, yeah. and, and, and just you know, what go are your on that journey, that little yeah. rabbit hole of what they got. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I absolutely. actually have a question for you in regards to that, like, um, because there are different formulas yeah. for podcasts, you know, and I observing podcasts, I see there's two, uh, like, two uh, structures that I see really clearly. One is when people just like they ha- they ask questions and they want the person like so for the the audience to actually completely go dive on that person mm. and try take as much as information as they can and hopefully the guest actually you know is able to talk you know because <laughs> sometimes yeah, they sometimes won't say not. nothing yep. and it gets super hard one to, to achieve yeah. the goal 
man, it's almost impossible. Uh, and there is other ones that we, the, the, the guys that are doing the interview, they're giving uh, a lot of like remarks and parallels mm. like about their own experience. Like what kind of, uh, and there is a mix of both. Mm. There's a mix of everything that can come in with depending which individual they're talking. Like, you know, uh, for example, I can't talk much about uh, powerlifting. You know what I mean? Like that's mm. why, I'm a completely, that's why I'm asking questions like for just a beginner, which mm. I have a lot of people that doesn't have the same, you know, knowledge mm. and would love to know more about it. But uh, I can make like, uh, I can make it like very similar uh, parallels with jiu-jitsu mm. because I can see parallels, you know, both got popular, both, you know, and actually started underground, mm. much comps, except where we had clothes and all that. Yep. Uh, so what are your, what do you think is your formula for your podcast that's been very successful? We, and I hopefully I will this one too. They don't have a formula. They just turn up and do we it. Turn, we literally turn up five <laughs> minutes before it starts because we're both, me and Brando are both useless at being on time for things. Yeah. But we know we've got to be there at least five <laughs> minutes before it starts. Yeah. We plug the things in because it's in my um, spare room. We turn it all on. I'll say to Brando, I said, oh, man, do you know who blah, blah, blah is if, if I've found them? Or he'll say, do you know who blah, blah, blah is? And I'll be like, oh, no, what do they do? <laughs> and then he'll be like, oh, they're, they're in the military. I'll say, oh, cool, there we go. Yeah. Or he'll be like, oh, they powerlifted from the US or they're a strong man from here. And we'll be like, okay, cool. And then we sit down and m- at least half the time we talk about nothing to do with what we thought we were about to talk about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's normal. <laughs> we ask one question and it's 21 words, who you are and what you do. So it's just an op- that's probably our first chance to find something about him, and then we'll go until it's finished, and then we ask him ten dumb questions at the end. Mm. And well, we'll see can't what get anything next. more genuine than <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah, there's correct. No script exactly. whatsoever, yeah. you know. It's completely genuine, and there's something like beautiful in that. And yeah. I think that's man. That's why people like to listen to. Yeah, because uh, you, you don't need all the other stuff. You just man. You're talking with the person. You're learning about them, and that's yeah. it. And people can see that. And we well, both generally love it. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, because yeah. we're people, people. Like we coach people, so we love people as it is. Yeah. I generally enjoy just hearing the stories. Hundred percent. I'm the same, man. I feel exactly the same. One thing I do want to ask, though, is like after you know the 170 episodes of people you've interviewed and stuff, yeah. is there something that you've noticed that's like because most part you're interviewing people that have done really well in certain things. Mm, you know, what I mean, they're sure. excelling in, in life. Like, is there certain things that you're noticing as a commonality that people bring up in conversation or have in perspective on life? They all just <clears throat> seem to be very driven people. Yeah. And you, when you go back through their story of whatever they started at, they always just either did well at it to start with or if they didn't, they just found a way to make sure that they did. Yeah. And then they just keep wanting to progress and be better. Yeah. They all had, you know, everyone has down times and bad times, but whatever it was, they never let it, get to them and keep them down for too long. Yeah, 100%. Um, they generally had some good people around them as well. And they always just seem to want improvement mm. and a bit of, and some adventure at the same time. That's the formula. So yeah. anybody that's listening, man, copy that. Yeah. You know yeah, I mean? literally. That, yeah. That's something that like everybody we've spoken with here as well is like, it's always the same stuff. It's like, all right, they're extremely accountable for their crap. Mm. Whatever their issues are, they always look at it and go, oh shit, better fix this. Oh, yeah. that's not working. Better change that. Um, they're complete. They're super driven. They don't mm. give up on things. They just are creative in ways in which they find another avenue to achieve whatever their goal mm. is. And like you're right. And, and, like, and when it doesn't work, they just stand up and go again as quick yeah, as they possible. Stand, they stand they up and go again, whinging. or yeah. they find a new a new yeah. avenue, a new way to to get to the goal. It might not be being a judo world champion. It might be a jiu-jitsu world champion. Mm. It might not be a gymnastics. Um, you know, yeah. competitor, it's going to be a jiu-jitsu competitor now. Yeah. It might not be running, um, you know, Domino's or yeah. a Pizza Hut. It's now running a gym, blah, mm. blah, blah. Like, yeah. it meant this is the same characteristics always displayed in people over and over and over and over. And the crazy thing for me is, like, people have access to this stuff. The people have the knowledge of what to do. But most people would, would, would rather just listen to a podcast on it than actually do it in their life. You know what I mean? It's and that's, com- they just want to be comfortable, though. <laughs> yeah, they're know, not ready to get uncomfortable. But comfort is like the most, like, that's the thing. Like, that's the most uncomfortable thing is being comfortable because yeah. people just like, but they don't enjoy it, man. There's nothing meaningful yeah. there. You can't grow, you can't improve, you can't continually have this amazing, and, and like you're saying, like, just this, they have a life that's full of ups and downs and they've they've battle-tested themselves, man. They've, they've been through it all. Mm. They, you know what I mean? They've been through everything. They failed at this. They failed at this. They failed at that. They improved from that. They improved from this. They improved from that. And it just keeps going up and up and up and up. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. You've got to be comfortable being uncomfortable. 
And comfort, <laughs> comfort for me nowadays is like mission accomplished. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's look back and go, your threshold actually increased <clears> because <throat> you just dealt with it and yeah. okay, next mission, you know. And yeah, next mission. Look like for the next mission. You just threshold, you get better. The more you do, the, the easy gets everything and then the more you can produce. The less you do, the harder it gets and the less you produce. Yeah, That's yeah. life. And you, you get know? momentum either way. 100%. You and get momentum. Correct. Yeah. You can leverage. Either way. Yeah, correct. You get momentum going in the downward spiral as well. Yeah. If you let that start happening, it just keeps going, keeps going, keeps going. And again, it's like hard to break the, the cycle. Mm. So, man, get into one of these good cycles and just don't stop, man. No. Don't stop. It's like jujitsu or powerlifting or whatever when you get on a good run and you're really working hard and you're improving. Everything's getting better and better and better. And then you get an injury. Oh fuck! Got to start yeah. it again. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and it, it, it's how it is. But you got to you got to break the cycle when it's a bad one. You got to mm. keep smashing through the cycle when it's a good one. Mm. And just like another thing, the other two things that I want to like, wanted to mention about like um like the improvement thing is the first one is like they all, all these people have the same attitude. Is like we're just gonna do it, man. Mm. We're just gonna do it. Oh, I want to do this. I want to do that. I've been thinking about it. They don't think about it. They just go and do it. They want to do a podcast, they start one. They want to um, you know, talk to that chick, they go and talk to that chick. Mm. They want to start this business opportunity, they just start making shirts mm. and advertising it and do it. Mm. A lot of people just spend way too much time just chitty-chatting and <laughs> yeah. diddy-daddling and not sure what to do or not sure how to act. But, man, you got you got to yeah. just do it and, and smash through. And then um, I, I had one other thing that I was going to say, but I yeah. lost my mind already, but, yeah. That's, yeah, you just got to fucking do it. I think that's the man, that's, that's the way you guys take away. Your, the way you guys run your podcast and you've yeah. got them up to 170 episodes and you've got so many different interviews with all these people, man. That's yeah. the way it is. Yeah. Same. By the way, I'm gonna put on the description as well um, your your podcast. You know, yeah, yeah, we put your, everything. If, if you want us to put anything else, uh, in yeah, the link I'll click your the links for the, yeah, the socials and all the things. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah. the thing to do with it. Yeah. And I'll be I'll be keen to go. Yeah, we got to get you, you on. I want to see that. Have some, funny some old stories. school jit stories from yeah, back yeah. in the day. Mm-hmm. I was uh, when I arrived here. I was uh, challenged by Chris Hazeman, man. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. We had him on our podcast. Yeah. Did you? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He came in. I want to train with you and you. Yeah, because he had a shed or something, didn't he? He had yeah. a shed or yeah. something at the back of his house. Yeah. That yes. people used to come and train at, and that was like a that was a tough place to go. From yeah, what I hear. yeah, yeah. Like he went to see us where at ours, and yeah. man, it was like a yeah. That's what used to happen old school. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, hey, you arrive here in my town, let's go wrestle. <laughs> and you can't go. Oh, today I'm feeling my knee. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, Something yeah. Something like that. Yeah. But uh, man, it was a pleasure to have you here. Yeah. Thank you, sir. Um, you're one of the great guests that just, you know, he's easy to talk to. 100%. You know what I mean? We have a great time. I mean, he's well-versed. Well he's got his own podcast on 170 episodes. It's <laughs> like, Experienced yeah. coach as well. I got a yeah. lot of good remarks from your uh, from your uh, your saints today. Yep. You know what I mean? Uh, and I'll, I'll carry for me, man. I'm good at keeping this one. The good Sick. ones. Awesome. Thank you very much. Man. Thanks, boys. Appreciate no, thanks coming so on. so much for coming along. And, man, it's just, man, it's always nice just talking and, like, getting through all this stuff and just exposing all these ideas and perspectives to other people because man people want to hear this stuff people want mm. to know how they can get better how can they improve and stuff man and i think like the main thing is man just do it man start doing it put it into action That's johnny be bad johnny be bad oh, we didn't <laughs> even ask her where we got that, <laughs> got that name from. we'll get it it's next still time. a mystery yeah it's still a mystery all right it was... <laughs>